Come on. All right. We're going to sing the next verse with gusto. Are you ready? Are you ready? Come on. Let's get our clap on. Let's praise our God. That's what a carol is. It's a praise song to God. Christ by highest heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time, behold Him come. Offspring of the virgins. Veiled in flesh, the God at sea. Hail the incarnate deity. the hill. brought it to your world. Are you ready to praise Him for that? Praise you, Lord. weird without all the kids, eh? Is that weird? Where's all the kids? Where? Oh, wait. We're all old in here. Oh, no! Come on. Let's sing Joy is coming in the morning time with a bit of gusto this time. Can you guys remember this one? Can anyone remember? Alright, alright. You know it. So come on. Joy! It's coming in the morning time. Oh, Joy! Everybody singing joy
morning. We place our focus on You this morning. We ask You to be the centre of our attention today, God. We come into this place to glorify You, to honour You. We thank You, God, that You sent Your Son, Jesus, for us. We thank You, God, for this time of year where we get to celebrate the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Thank You, Jesus, that You came for each one of us. We give You glory this morning in Jesus' Name. Be glorified, be honoured, have Your way in this place. In Jesus' Name. Amen. Welcome to church this morning. It's Christmas time. Less than a week. Less than a week. Isn't that great? Exciting. You may be seated. It is fantastic to see some faces back from the other side of the world. Anna Johnston, it's great to have you here from, is it Bahrain that you are at the moment? Yeah. Welcome back for a few weeks, is it? A few days, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Lovely to see you. And Theo, I spot Theo down there all the way from Germany. Great to have you back with us. That's awesome. You're here for a few, few weeks. Fantastic. Great to see you. And anyone else that may be here that's from the other side of the world or wherever? Anna. Oh, ha- Hannah. Hannah, yes, is she here? Is she here? Where's Hannah? Ah, hello, Hannah. Great to see you. Hannah's all the way from Scotland. Isn't that great? Here with us a few weeks as well. Fantastic. Nice for the families to have you back for Christmas. Awesome. Well, welcome to all of you, and Anna and Hannah and Theo. Welcome, and if you are here for the first time today, then we would love to give you a special welcome. Church, how about you welcome our guests this morning? It's lovely to have you with us this morning. We do have a guest bag for you, so if you would like to pick up a guest bag on your way out after the gathering, then it's on your right-hand side as you enter um, into the foyer there, some white gift bags. And if you'd like to get to know us or us to get to know you a little bit better, we'd love you to fill out the card in there as well. Uh, it'd be great to get to know you a little bit more, help you fit into our Activate family. Awesome. Well, the kids are at jump this morning. The kids are at jump. So, God, protect them as they jump, as they have lots and lots of fun this morning. They're normally all up the front here. It just seems so quiet without them. Older people, yeah, you just need to make a bit more noise this morning. (laughs) But for any of you kids that are not at jump this morning, Fantastic, that's awesome. We're going to have a great morning here. We do have some colouring things at the back there for you to go and help yourself to. It's probably best to bring them back to mum and dad or whoever you've come to church with and enjoy doing those uh, throughout our gathering this morning. Okay, let's celebrate our birthdays and anniversaries this morning. Who's had a birthday or anniversary this past week? Come up, fantastic. Okay, let's get the chocolates. Oh, yes, Rebecca, I did see. Birthday. Is it wedding anniversary? 39! 
39, 39 years. Come on. That's awesome. Happy birthday, is that? Happy birthday. Happy birthday? Yes. Awesome. Okay, now stay here with me. We're going to pray together. Happy birthday and happy wedding anniversary. Church, how about you stand together? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Fantastic. Great. Great to celebrate. Has anyone got a birthday coming up this week? Oh, yes, Nairi. Oh, and Wendy, yes. It's very exciting week this week. We've got some uh, great things planned. You know, tonight we've got Activate Christmas, 6 p.m. Did you see the fences are up across here with the fences for any little kiddies or adults that might want to run onto the road? The fences are there. It's all safe. The truck is going to come with the, the staging uh, this morning, so it's all getting prepared for our fantastic Activate concert happening tonight. So um, if you're volunteers, then I'm sure you've been received all info that it'd be great for you to be here at 5pm and uh, we're going to put out on our our special green hay t-shirts tonight and, and all be amazing, amazing hosts together and enjoy enjoy this evening. We've got um, a great lineup of drama and music and um, good drama that is. Good drama, not bad dramas that you know are out of the blue, but <laughs> it's going to be going to be fantastic. So, 6 p.m. tonight. Bring all your neighbours, your family, your your friends. It's going to be a great night, relaxed, and sausage sizzle as well. And then we've got some great gatherings happening uh, this uh, coming week. Are they up here? Here we are, Christmas Eve, 11 p.m. Very popular that one is. Very popular. And then Christmas Day, 10 a.m. Uh, for three quarters of an hour. And uh, we'll celebrate Christmas together. Isn't that great? Fantastic. Well, Sue Clausen is going to be leading us around the communion this morning. So Sue is a fantastic life group leader. So how about you give it up for Sue this morning? Um, good to see everyone here this last Sunday before Christmas. I know it's a really busy time and a lot of challenges for people financially and being busy with the end of year preparation. Thank you. <laughs> and um, functions, um, organising holidays and family gatherings. And I know sometimes with family gatherings it um, causes more stress than happiness. Um, I just know what some of my family gatherings have been like over the years. <laughs> and not the Clausens, by the way, <laughs> my side of the family. <laughs> Um, if the people would like to start giving out the things, that'd be great, thanks. Um, this, I'm not very good at public speaking, so I will probably talk too fast or whatever. Um, for me, this time of the year makes me reflect on the year that's just been and the year ahead. And God's been speaking to me about a few things, and one of them is about offences. 
I think about Jesus, why he came and what he did for us. He was born among us, an innocent babe, yet also the son of God. He grew up and lived amongst us, knowing his destiny was to die for us all. I imagine that along his journey that he, just like us, would have been offended by some people. From the Pharisees who were held up in honour by society, learned and respected. From his disciples who didn't understand what he was saying to them. From everyday people who ridiculed him. Yet he still chose to let his blood to cover, flow to cover our sins and our offences. And that is how precious we are to God. Yet I think often we seem to have the impression that we are too precious, that no one has the right to question us, to criticise and love, and to hold us accountable. Sometimes I think we are too precious. We're easily offended by each other, and we hold on to offence. It becomes a crutch, a focus, a bitterness, and stops us moving forward, both individually and as a body. I look at the life of Joseph. He had plenty of reason to be offended. His brothers left him to die. Yet when he saw them many years later, how did he handle it? He confronted them alone. He didn't broadcast the things they'd done wrong and make it public knowledge. He didn't gloat or make them squirm. He wanted restoration, not revenge. He didn't try and make them feel guilty. His forgiveness allowed them to forgive themselves. He preserved their dignity and self-worth by saying to them that it was all part of God's plan. Christ's blood washed away all our sins and all our offences, and also those of all the ones who offended us. And as we gather around for communion this morning, let's take a minute to dwell on our own state of mind. Do we hold offences that we can't let go of? Are we so easily offended that we are unteachable by God? Succumbing to offences weakens us, hardens our hearts, and stops growth in the spirit. In 2 Timothy 1, 9-10, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because it was his plan from before the beginning of time, to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. And now he has made all of this plain to us by the appearing of Christ Jesus, our Saviour. He broke the power of death and illuminated the way to life and immortality through the good news. So as we take the bread, let us remember Christ's broken body that was crushed because of our offences and ask ourselves, would we take that punishment for someone who's offended us? And as we take the wine, let's allow Christ's blood to flow through us, cleansing us, renewing our minds and softening our hearts. His sacrifice on the cross is the real reason for the season. And as we remember his love and forgiveness, let us forgive those who have offended us. In 1 Corinthians 13, 13, three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. Lord, I pray that you fill us with the same love that you have for us, especially at this time of the year. Let's eat and drink.
As you're ready, we'll stand to our feet. Yours is 
If you would like to come down the front here, I'd love all the uh, prayer teams to be available, to come forward and be available, or you may want some prayer yourself. If you want someone to stand with you in prayer in any way, our Jesus is able. Our Jesus is able. Even this time of year, it may be a little bit tough for some of us. You may want someone to stand with you this morning. Jesus is here. His presence is here. Allow Him to minister to your life. Open yourself up to Him. Allow Him to do what He wants to do in your life this morning. So please come up the front if you would like to as we continue singing. good news for you? Is that good news for you, church? Come on, that's good news for this world. That's the gospel right there. 
we're going to declare the truth about Jesus this morning. Are you ready to do that this morning? Let's praise Him. Our Father. Our Father everlasting, the all-creating One, God Almighty. Through Your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection that we will rise again for i believe in the name of jesus oh i believe our father everlasting our father everlasting the all creating God Almighty, through your Holy Spirit, through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe, I believe in God our Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is facing right now, 
matter what you will face or what you have faced, He is Lord. He is Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Yeah, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Come on, let's sing, I believe. truly open to you. Thank you, Lord. Beautiful presence here, isn't there? Isn't it awesome? He's for us. He is for us. Loves us so much that he would send his only son. Wow. May we have a new revelation of what that means this Christmas. Hmm. Well, while we're in this beautiful time, in this beautiful presence, I'm going to invite Robin Wheel to come and to, to share with us. You may be seated. So Robin Wheel, she's another amazing life group leader in our church. And she's going to share a little bit about 
the past year at, at Activate. Yeah. So give her a, a big hand as she shares. Church. Um, I just um, wanted to share with you just a few thoughts that I'd um, had over the last year. Um, you know, occasionally new Christians come up to me and say to me, you must know an awful lot about God, you must know just about everything, you know. Um, but I always assure them <laughs> that we don't know everything that happens the way it does. I wish I re- really wish I did, but I'm not God. Um, and that we continue learning about him and his ways. And that after 40 years of knowing God, yes, 40 years, I know you thought that, you know, I couldn't possibly have, be that old. Um, yeah. I'm still learning stuff about my God. So on the odd occasion, I've been writing a few gems from church in the memo section of my phone. It's got a T on it a little tea and a little box around it and I found and I thought oh that's that's quite quite good to keep them and then you've always got them with you um so um I'm going to share some of these things with you this morning um quite a lot of them are from Sheridan our own pastor um and some of them are are from um others of our pastors but anyway I'll just make a start so in February um Sheridan was talking about you know like our life goal and um What I've written down here is just like little phrases that just really, you know, they were the, you know, how people say you should just take a gem away from church, just take one thought and just seela, think on these things. And and what he said was to stand before God, full in relationship with God, empty of the things he had for us to do. You know, our life goal to stand, you know, at the end of our lives. We went to a funeral yesterday. And, you know, you just, and they go over the person's life. And, you know, if, if they could say that, if God could say that about me, that would just be so amazing about any of us. To stand before him, full in relationship with God, and empty of the things he had for us to do. And it just really resonated with me when Sheridan said that in February. And it's just as relevant now. In March... Um, somebody was talking about becoming the family of God. It might have been you too again. And the, the phrase was that we need to get a revelation of the Father as Daddy. And it's the only way from orphan to sonship. Now there's been a program on TV recently, or several of them actually, about adopted people trying to find their parents, you know, and they always seem to find that they were loved all the way through, you know, and there was circumstances that came about that led to that. But you know, we know that we are loved by God from our conception, you know, and and we've actually never been orphans, but we just need to realise that God is our daddy, you know, and he's the revelation of the Father as Daddy is the only way from orphan to sonship, being part of his family. In April, um, it was a picture of the cross that kind of um, the person was talking about. And, and the thought was that our sin is melded into Jesus on the cross. Now, I know um, Ray used to like a cup of coffee, 
He probably still does, but he's being really good. And you know when you have one of those um, bought cups of coffee and they put the cream or whatever it is on the top and then it kind of dissipates away? You know, and you think of your sin on the cross and you go and put it on there and it just absorbs into the cross. You know, that's what God's forgiveness is like. You know, and it, you know, that thought, again, just resonated with me when whoever it was says our, our sin is melded into the cross, you know. And it's just there, you know, like with cream, you kind of know it's there. And, you know, like we know we've sinned. It's there to remind us not to do it again, but it's, it's not held against us. Yeah, really amazing. In June, um, somebody was explaining what sin is. Now, how many times as an older Christian are you asked, what's the definition of sin? Sin is deviation from the truth. So it can mean different things to different people. And I thought that was a really good, um, a really good definition of what sin is. The other one that I've come across is knowing what is right to do and failing to do it. To him it is sin. That's actually a scripture. In um, August, um, explaining what forgiveness and unforgiveness is. Um, subject comes up frequently in life groups with new Christians, with older Christians, wanting definitions once again. And um, the thought that came across through church was that unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And I thought, yeah, yeah, that is actually what unforgiveness is like. And then my good friend Karen said to me when I was sharing it with her, she said, and you know what forgiveness is? It's accepting the apology you never got. And I thought, yeah, now those two thoughts, they're so good, I'm going to have to read them again. <laughs> Unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. And forgiveness is accepting the apology you didn't get. And um, finally, not from church, but um, just a verse that I just... I came across in, um, when I was doing my um, Bible reading and I just, I think I spent about three or four days just reading the one verse, just thinking on it. So it's become my verse of the year, Psalm 57 verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God, have mercy on me, for in you my soul takes refuge. And this bit's really powerful. I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Isn't that amazing? You know, until the disaster is past, and like we're hidden in his wings, and it's kind of like you know, I grew up on a farm, and we had chooks, and you know how how they have little chickens underneath their wings and that, and, and you know sometimes you can't even see them, you know, and you think of a disaster coming at that chook and going up and over, and they don't even know there's a chicken under there, you know, and and it's just really neat to know that we're hidden in the shadow of his wings, and, and that disaster flies over the top of us without harming us. And I think it's a really great scripture to share with and pray over people in troubling times, you know, until the disaster has passed. Now, he's, he's hiding us, you know, and, and so long as we stay true to him, you know, he's, he's going to do his part, you know, and, you know, all these other things come in, forgiveness, everything else, you know, and confession of our sins, and, you know, he's just such a great God. So those are my few, a few of, my, of the gems that I've picked up this year, we always are learning, always keep on learning, always keep on having those sila moments, 
think about these things. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you. That was good, wasn't it? Good morning. Well, it's nice to see you today. And it's a week before Christmas. Oh no, who said oh no? Yes. You know the rules, don't you? What are the rules? I've got an endless supply of these things. If you don't laugh, they just keep coming. That's the rules, okay? What did the policeman say to his stomach? You're under a vest. <laughs> Why is milk fast? Because it's pasteurized before you see it. That's quite good, eh? That's quite good. I thought that was good. Yes, yes. Yeah, very, very good. Uh, What did the shy people say? I wish I was a little bolder. I see people hanging their heads. It's Christmas time. Come on. I love this. I'll tell you, and then I'll tell you what it really says on the page because that makes it even better, in my opinion. What do you call a mischievous egg? A practical yoker. (laughs) But I love it even better if I read it as written. What do you call a mischievous egg? A particle yoker. One more, one more. What do, you, uh, what do you call just married spiders? Newlyweds. <laughs> oh, it's Christmas time. You've got to have them, don't you? you just got to have them. That's good. Hey, um, just let me remind you as I kick off that tonight we have got Activate Christmas across the road. It would be great to see you there, 6 p.m. Um, we're going to have a good time. But even more than seeing you there, how about bringing some friends or family or Uh, work colleagues, acquaintances, we're going to have a great time across the road tonight celebrating Christmas together. It'll be really good. And then, of course, our Christmas services that Jan mentioned earlier, 11 p.m., Christmas Eve, and uh, it's always one of my favourites, and then 10 a.m. on Christmas Day, which is a nice short service, about 45 minutes long, but it really is a nice way to, to start the family together, start Christmas together, I mean. Excellent. Well, I believe that today is an opportunity to set the floor for 2.16. I know we're not in 2.16 yet. No, we haven't left 2.15 quite yet. But I believe in God it's an opportunity to set the floor. And um, as I was preparing for today, I really felt that God wanted to speak prophetically to us as a church and to individuals um, about the future and so as I really just pondered on what I felt God was saying, I've, I've ended there and I've worked my way back. So I want to end there this morning because I do believe God wants to speak to us prophetically. But I want to start here, and thank you, Robin, for setting the floor for me so well. I, my question to you this morning is, have you grown in God this year? The answer is either yes or no. Have you grown in God this year? And then how would you measure that? 
think they're good questions. Because you see, we've got to be moving in God. To be static in the kingdom of God means there's a problem. The kingdom of God is never static. There's never nothing happening in God's kingdom. And I think in our lives, I believe in our lives, that we need to be moving in God constantly. And sometimes growth is just obvious to us. We feel like, wow, I've really grown in God this year. I feel like I've gone forward in leaps and bounds. I've got understanding, revelation um, about so much I didn't have at the start of the year. I feel so much more closely connected with God, perhaps, than I did at the start of the year. But then there's other years where for whatever reason, it feels like you've regressed a little bit. What I've observed over the years is that sometimes when we feel like we've regressed, we haven't necessarily regressed. Sometimes it's just a repositioning to reestablish and to set our eyes on something else. And it's good to stop and it's good to take stock of where we're at and ask the question, have I really regressed or um, is God reshaping me? Is he bringing my eye to something else? I can tell you in my life this year, I think quite differently about some issues now than I did at the start of the year. Other areas, I feel like, wow, maybe I've stepped back a bit there. I'm not kind of on the front foot like I was in some areas. But then I step back and I go, yeah, but God's actually reshaped the way I see quite a few things. And maybe I would have never seen that if I felt like I was on the front foot. I'm not sure how to measure that. But the question remains, have you grown in God this year? Because static is an issue. I'm going to jump around a little bit today, but I want to start at Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to carry on with Ephesians next year because I really hope to get through it this year, and we're only starting chapter 4. Um, and even at that, I've, I've skipped over it. But let me read from Ephesians chapter 4, ver, chapter um, Chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father who is over all and in all and living through all. The bit I love in there is always, well, I love it all, but the bit I want to just look at for a moment is always be humble and gentle. Now, a few weeks ago, I unpacked a little bit about what humility was, and Pastor Ray did the same previous to that. And there's something of humility that we really need to grasp to be able to move forward with God. And humility is one of those words that people often define wrong. You know, humility, if I push myself down, make myself worthless, think of myself as worthless, talk of myself as worthless, I will be humble. But that's not the case at all. That's not what humility is. That's just pushing yourself down. In fact, this can be prideful, can be very prideful. 
it's much easier to look at people who are full of confidence and we go, oh, they're arrogant. They, they need to be humble. Well, the, the fact is, low or high, they're both wrong. The true meaning of humility is that we are fully dependent on God. That's what humility means, is my dependence is on God. A lot of people, I think, um, show that they don't understand humility. Uh, giving is a great example. We give like it's ours. We give like I did. I did something to get this, so I can give it, rather than giving like, well, God is the source of all things, and he's seen fit to put this in my hand. I can therefore give it comfortably. Really interesting. Shapes attitudes around giving. You see, if it's mine, it's quite hard. If I was clever enough to bring all the, all the things together that needed to come together to be able to give something, and it's all about me, it's actually quite hard to give. But if I realize that actually I am totally dependent on God and everything that comes my way is from the source, and he uses many different ways. And he can put something in my lap. It makes it so much easier to give because therefore I'm a steward, not an owner. Humility is understanding that we are fully dependent on God. That he is the source of all. So what's your journey in 2015 been like? I know some people, it's just been the most amazing years of their life. I know other people, and it's probably been the toughest year of their life. Where's God fit in all that for you? What's the, the journey been like for you? Can we, this morning, say, well, God, you are the source of all things. You're the source of all provision. I don't get a whole lot of stuff that happens in life. It's too big. It's outside of my thinking, but I know that I'm dependent on you. And despite the good that's happened, despite the bad, or the seemingly bad, I can keep my trust in you. I can keep my hope in you. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to keep moving in you. I'm going to keep my heart light in you. I'm going to keep my mind uncluttered. In you. Much easier said than done sometimes. Again, have you grown in God this year? How do you measure that? But I can tell you this. You've had plenty of material and assistance to grow. Static is a problem. Anything else, let's view it as we're moving in God. It's a positive thing. Some of the material we've had this year, as Robin's examples were fantastic. Other things we've covered this year, you know, the goodness of God. We've looked at identity, who we are in God, sonship, what it is to be adopted, Father God, Daddy God. We've looked at inheritance. We've looked at grace. We've looked at who are you working for? Are you an accomplice of the devil? We've looked at Christ, the cornerstone. Privilege versus entitlement. We've looked at capacity. Don't give up. At community, commitment versus consumer. At connection or belonging. We've looked at the great I want to. We've looked at being big-hearted. We've looked at prayer. We've looked at humility. And those are just some things that I've spoken to this year. Others have spoken about things like 
uh, enlarging faith. God is faithful, knowing him. God's justice, impediments to being activated. We've looked at hardship, at intimacy with God, at the heart, at being architects of culture, at faith, at declaration, the power of our speech, at abiding in Christ, lies that would limit our potential. Unity, love one another. We've looked at some keys to Christian life, at goodness, at God can, at how to build a life, at humility, at knowing God, and go, grow. There's been so much stuff this year that has come our way. If you haven't grown in God, why not? If you can't sit there and go, yeah, I've grown in God this year. I've moved. Why not? Horrible question, eh? But why not? So much, so much of the Word of God. We spend time, I pray, individually and corporately in the presence of God. Have we grown in God this year? Boy, I pray the answer is yes, absolutely. And it is measurable. I can tell you this is different than last year. I think differently here than I did last year. I've learned, had a revelation and uncovering. God's exposed something of himself to me this year, which I just really didn't have uh, a revelation of last year. I pray for all of us there are things like that in our world that we can identify. I want to jump to Matthew 25, verses 14 through to 30. And there's a story here that is very, very powerful. Matthew 25, 14 to 30. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last. Apparently, each bag's about 34 kgs, one talent. It's quite a lot of silver. Dividing it in proportion to their abilities, he then left on his trip. The servant who received the five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. The servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. 
I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you at least deposit the money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from the servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away from them. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The deal here is that the guy who had one talent did nothing. He did nothing at all. He just put it in the ground, went about life absolutely mindless of anything else until such time as the master came back and demanded a report, at which time he dug up the talent from the ground, gave it back to the master. The master was not pleased in any way at all. I think each one of us has to be intentional about our growth. Have you grown this year? I think each one of us has a choice to make every day, every year, every decade. Are we going to intentionally move forward in the things of God, or are we just going to put it in a hole under the ground and hope for the best? The servant who had five doubled his bags and was commended. The servant who had two bags of silver doubled his bags and was commended. The servant who had one bag did nothing and was rebuked. Now, this causes me to ask a question because the question I've got is, well, if the servant who had one bag had tried, had gone out there and given it his or her best shot, had a really good go, and it had all turned pear-shaped, and they'd lost the money, what would the master's reaction have been? We speculate, of course, because it doesn't tell us. But what would the master's reaction have been? I, I think actually the, the whole of Scripture really lets us into what the master's reaction would have been. I remember my children, my boys, when they were boys, and I can remember when they started to walk. I can remember what it was when they would pull themselves up against a chair or a couch or a cabinet and then they would let go, and they would stand there, and then the legs would shake, and down on the bottom they would go. I remember what that was like. They were good days. I can remember as they got slightly more confident, they would pull themselves up, and then they would take their one or two steps before they down on their bottoms. And then I can remember that little bit further advanced where they'd pull themselves up, and you would stand, or I would stand just across, and I'd go, come on. And they would walk, and sometimes they wouldn't make it. They would fall down. So, of course, like any loving father, I'd go, what the heck are you doing? You only had to walk like six meters. 
You fell down at three for crying out loud. Of course I didn't. I was like, yes, yes, yes. Pick him up, we go again. Yes, this is awesome, it's fantastic. Taking a few steps, take a few more. What about when you're teaching your kids to eat with a spoon and a fork normally? How much food ends up in their mouths? Not very much. It's here, it's here, it's there, it's there, it's everywhere, but it's not in their mouths, is it? But you don't sit there and go, oh, for crying out loud, just put a knife and fork in their hands and say, cut that steak and eat it. Get on with it. You don't, you celebrate. No, no, come on, come on. Yes, one teaspoon of food went in their mouth. Woohoo! Out of like 23, they got one in their mouth. We are making progress. Now, if we had the same issue, still, I think there's grounds to go, for goodness sake, just get it in your mouth. But when they're babies, when they're little, you just celebrate it. What about teaching them to ride bikes? I love that. You know how it goes, don't you? You run along with them, take your hand off the seat, and straight away they go into a left-hand turn. <laughs> and then the turn gets tighter and tighter until clunk, they're on the ground. Well, how many of us stand there and go, flip, you're useless. Just ride the thing straight. Of course you don't. It was awesome. You did a whole circle and a half all by yourself. That was amazing. And then as they progress, you go along and you let go and you run beside them. And they're going, great, 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 great. And then there's that time you stop, hey, and they keep going. It's like, yes. They can't stop at that point. They just go until they get the... But, but it's like, yes, that is awesome. I am absolutely convinced that the master would have taken the same approach with a servant with one bag. I am absolutely convinced that if he had had a go, if he had used the best of his abilities, if he had done everything he could to make that thing grow, because the thing I notice most about that scripture is that when the servant says to the master, you do not plant your own crops, you do not cultivate, he's got the totally wrong view of who God is. Remember, it's pointing us toward God. He's got the totally, it's a, it's a wrong view. That's not who God is. Now, I'm absolutely convinced that if I stand before God and he says, so how did we go? I gave you this. What do you got to show for it? I go, nothing. But man, I gave it my best shot. I don't want to be in that position, to be honest. But I gave it my best shot. Man, I tried. I tried. I gave it my best I, I studied, I got knowledge on it, I got help on it, we did all this stuff, but at the end of the day, the, the day I don't think God's going to go, you evil servant. I really believe he's going to go, you gave it your best shot, good on you. You gave it your best shot. You did something. Because the kingdom of God is not static. kingdom of God is not static. Have you grown this year? What have you done with what you've got? That's the question. What have you done with what you've got? Because you've got to do something, please. Do something. Growth is a choice. Passion is a choice. 
Generosity is a choice. Direction is a choice. Discipleship is a choice. And at the end of the day, when we stand before Jesus, when Dan stands before Jesus, Jesus is going to go to Dan, say, welcome. She'll go, hi. And he'll go, let's just have a talk about Sheridan. I don't think so. He's going to say, let's have a look at things went for you. Let's talk about how things went for you. Ray's going to stand there before Jesus. Jesus is going to go, welcome. You got that list of complaints about Sheridan? No, he's not. He's going to say, let's talk about how things went for you. What did you do with what you had? Were you static? Did you do nothing? Or did you actually take what I had in front of you? I love the fact that in that scripture, the master does not compare the five to the two or the one to the five. It says according to their ability. Now, I think one of the worst things you can do to somebody is to put them in a position that is way outside of their ability because you're then expecting results that it's just not fair. They can't produce them. You you can ask all you like. You can train all you like sometimes. And they cannot produce what you're asking for because it is outside of their ability. That's not an indictment. That's a fact. We are all made differently. We're all wired differently. We all have different strengths. We see the world slightly differently. He didn't compare... He spoke to them all on their own merits. Have you grown this year? God gave the servants incredible privilege, but he also gave them responsibility. And he expected them to do something with the responsibility. God's given each of us an invitation to journey with him. And it's up to each of us to respond individually to him about that journey. Whether we are going to journey with him, whether we are not going to journey with him. I don't know where you're at with God this morning. You may have started a journey. You may be on a journey. We're all on a journey. But you have this incredible choice. You see, in the scripture, it talks about the master and the servant When Jesus went to the cross, as we heard from Sue around communion, and that was a great uh, message around communion, Sue. When Jesus went to the cross, it changed the servant relationship as well. Because Jesus paid the price for our sin, our wrongdoings, he made a clear pathway to have relationship with him. He invites us into a relationship, but not as servants. He invites us in as friends. He invites us in as brothers and sisters, sons and daughters of God. Amazing. But we have a choice around that. It's not static. You can choose to accept Jesus' invitation and journey through life with him, or you can choose not to. That is your choice. We choose Jesus. We choose to journey with him. That has immediate impact on our lives here. But it also has an eternal impact. 
And I'd like to tell you today that when you choose Jesus, it'll make life a bed of roses, but it won't. Life's life. Life can be really tough sometimes. Life can be really good sometimes. But you don't have to walk it alone when you're walking it with Jesus. But equally, you can say, you know, I want nothing to do with you, God. I want nothing to do with Jesus. Well, that impacts your life immediately too, but no more so than the eternal consequences. It's something to think through. It's something to talk to God about. But I'd encourage every person here this morning to make sure you're on a journey with Jesus Christ. You may have never started that journey. I'm going to give you an opportunity to start that journey just in a moment. Or for whatever reason, you may have stepped right back. You go, wow, I'm really standing in static ground this morning. I need to get back on the front foot. This morning, there's an invitation for you to step back up toward Jesus. Get back on the journey. Walk with him again. Can I ask you to bow your heads for just a moment, please? And in just a moment, I'm going to ask if you want to respond to Jesus to lift your hand so I can see it because I really would like to acknowledge you this morning. And I'm going to ask a question in just a moment of would you like to start a relationship with Jesus Christ? You say, Jesus, I want to step into a relationship with you. It's a new life. I'm going to leave the old one behind. I'm going to start new, start afresh with you. The Bible refers that to being born again. And I'm also asking the question this morning, if you're standing in static ground and you're going, wow, this morning I need to step forward. Man, I need to step up again. If you're answering yes to either of those questions, I will ask you in just a moment to lift your hand so I can see it. These are the greatest decisions anyone can make. change your life, change your world, change your eternity. If you're sitting there right now and your heart's beating flat out, maybe your hands are sweating and you're feeling a bit agitated, I suggest to you that it's the Holy Spirit speaking to you right now and He's saying, come on, you need, you need to make a change. You need to step it up. You need to step into relationships. Jesus. This morning, if you want to say yes to Jesus, first time or getting out of static ground, can you lift your hand now, please, so I can see it? Thank you. See your hand. That's awesome. Thank you. See your hands. That's great. Seen three hands so far. Thank you. I see your hand. That's great. I've seen four people lift their hands to Jesus so far this morning. seen four people lift their hands to Jesus this morning so far. Is there anybody else? Just wait a couple of moments. Well, as I say every week, Bible says that when one person gets right with God, the angels celebrate. 
my unpacking of that is that the whole of heaven breaks into a party. So can we please give these people the biggest hand? Fantastic. Fantastic. That's great. I would love to meet you at the end of the service. Please come and say hello to me. Like I say, I was really wrestling with a prophetic word, which I felt today was the day to to bring it to you. And um, I want to deliver that as I finish my bit here. When I finished uh, delivering that, I just want to leave the atmosphere open because it demands a response. And I invite you, or more importantly, God invites you to respond any way you see fit. If you want to come down the front, you come down the front. If you want to kneel, if you want to sit, whatever. It doesn't matter what it looks like. The critical factor here is that there is a heart response to God this morning. And I invite you. So I believe, just before I start prophetic word, I really believe that, um, and it's been confirmed prophetically by other sources, that we are nearing the completion of a transitionary kind of phase in God a transitionary kind of season in God and uh, or in God's purposes. And the picture that came to my mind was like a relay team. And, you know, we can run the race and we can run the race well, but where it really um, heats up is in the transition in a relay team. And the picture in my mind is that we've got to run together in the transition, we've got to concentrate, and we've got to be prepared in the transition. And this is the kind of picture that's in my head as I was really felt God would say this. So God would say this morning, what are you doing? Some of you have stopped. Some have stalled. Some have given up. And some have just got lazy. What's happened? Have I not warned you that this is a marathon journey? Have I not instructed you to prepare? Have I not encouraged you over and over that your inheritance is in me? Have I not blessed so that you may bless? Yet though you hear, you do not hear. Though you see, you do not see. Though you receive, you do not give. Wake up. You are called, you are equipped, you are resourced, and it's time to push forward. Today, I'm tapping each one of you on the shoulder and I'm personally inviting you to step forward into a new dimension of kingdom living. Will you let go of your self-imposed limitations and take hold of kingdom reality and live the life that I'm calling you to live? Today, your heart response will not dictate your ceiling in me,
rather your heart response will recalibrate the level of your flaw in me. Today I am asking for a heart response. Today I'm offering you an invitation. Father, I pray that our hearts are open to you. That we respond in a manner that honors you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Just take some time with God.
Father God, I thank you that you are a loving, loving Father. I thank you, Father, that you entrust us with your gifts, that you give each one of us abilities. And Father, I pray that we would respond with our very best to you. May we not only step into the new year with our best, but may we step into the end of the year with our best. May we respond to you every single day, not just today, but every single day. Give us strength. Thank you for your incredible love for each one of us, Father. Thank you for the incredible incredible love that you gave your son for each one of us. May we give our lives to you. May we give of our all to you. May we give our very best to you, loving Father. Father, I declare your blessing upon every life here, upon every home represented here, your blessing poured out. May each home look to you. May each life look to you. May lives that don't yet know you come to know you this Christmas. Thank you, God. Pour out your blessing and your protection upon everyone and upon your church. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing that last song that we sang to finish. Um, But I also remind you, that we do have the the Activate Christmas tonight at 6pm. And also please be purposed in your giving. Thank you, church, for your giving. It's great that we get to partner together, isn't it? The church family. Fantastic and challenging word, isn't it? How about we not only give Sheridan a hand, but let's give God a hand this morning. We're going to stand and we're going to sing together.
I believe. 